Just an absolute shocker of a jobs report today. The BLS giving us another middle finger month. Now, the establishment survey is not supposed to be like this. It's the one we're supposed to rely on. That's why they supply all of these statistical processes to try to smooth the thing out. Instead, over the last couple years, what we've seen is this almost regular pattern where for one month, for whatever reasons, the BLS, they put out this jobs number that doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. It sticks up like a middle finger to all of us. It's nowhere near the prior trend, and it's, it, it doesn't tell us anything about the future trend because it is a one-month aberration. As I, said, it, as I said, it sticks out like a middle finger. And you can see these all throughout the last couple of years. Let's go back to, I mean, February of 2022, in the middle of the quote-unquote technical recession, as the U.S. economy is being hammered by a whole bunch of negative forces, including high prices and soon-to-be oil prices, the BLS in, in February of 22 put the jobs report for that month at 904,000, the last one that would be that high. Then, of course, for the next couple months, as the economy got even got hammered even more by oil prices and consumer prices and everything else, slow down in the jobs number, suddenly in July of 22, 22 just as everything is starting to go wrong in the marketplace, things are really accelerating, oil prices dropping, the BLS comes along and says, nope. July 2022, they say, ah, 568 on the payroll number. And everybody's, what? What just happened here? And then, of course, that didn't re represent a restart of the labor market at all. Instead, payroll reports went right back to the prior trend, slowing down into the second half of the year. So much that when we got to November, December, the word recession started to become far more frequent. And then January payroll, January 2023, we get another middle finger. Instead of the payroll numbers continuing to slow down, the BLS gives us, well, what was originally estimated at 517,000, seemingly out of nowhere, which of course triggered the conversion from, hey, we're going into recession to, oh, this is not even going to be a soft landing. It's going to be a no landing. But of course, that's not what happened. The payroll report slowed down yet again till we get to the middle of 2023. And then we get another middle finger in the month of May. After the after the banking crisis and the introduction of a credit crunch and all the negative possibilities with that, instead the BLS sticks up one more middle finger in May of 2023, initially estimating the payroll number at 339. It's been revised a little bit lower since then, as we've talked about before. And then what happens? May did not represent a reignition of labor market strength. It was just another one-month aberration and everything slowing down into the summer, especially with revisions, until we get to September. September, everybody thinking at most, this won't be, there's no chance the payroll report for September gets to be 200,000. Even the optimists were saying, maybe 225 if we're lucky. And instead, the BLS gives us maybe the biggest middle finger yet, at 336, completely shocking number, way above every estimate. And worse than that, they revised everything and they added a bunch of government jobs. These payroll numbers over the last couple of months are primarily about government work. So we got a lot of payroll numbers to dig through, a lot of labor market statistics that look very different than the middle finger, except when you look on, at the fingers on the side of the middle finger. And what it all tells you is that we're right in the same place we were the last time we got the middle finger, which is because the economy is getting screwed. 
But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. We are having another webinar. That will be Friday, October 20th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I think it's still daylight time at that time. 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday, October 20th. Hope you show up there. There's a link in the description of this video. We're going to be talking about either the bond market or something macro focused, though we might get into collateral. I'm still trying to figure out, getting feedback on what the topic should be, because there's a lot of big stuff going on right now, as you know, not just middle fingers from the government, middle fingers from other government, government bonds, that is. So there's a lot of stuff to go on, and there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but come join me Friday, October 20th, 6.30 p.m., link in the description below. I do hope to see you there. The jobs reports this year, as I've mentioned previously, and a lot of people have picked up on us because this was a blatantly obvious bias, the numbers would come out, and whether they look decent or not, in the subsequent months, the BLS would revise them lower. And that had been the case in every single month up until August. Well, until now in September. The September numbers, for the first time this year, the BLS raised the last couple of months. They revised July's number higher, the revised August numbers higher, and then we get the middle finger in September, which probably won't mean anything either. But the key to remember here, the key to really to focus in on is why those jobs were being revised lower and why the last couple were revised higher. They were being revised lower all throughout the year because the BLS was clearly biased to the other. They were overstating job market gains, coming back with more complete information saying, ooh, we were too optimistic for whichever month, including these middle finger months, especially May, which has been revised substantially lower. But over the last couple of months, the BLS said, no, we're going to change our mind here. It looks to us like we got a low spot in June, and then July was a little bit better by about 79,000 jobs. And that sounds terrific. That's The BLS first said that July's jobs number, when it first came out in August, they said that was 187. Then they revised it downward last month to 157, consistent with the, the bias before. But now they say... 236, so higher than last month by 79,000, as well as higher than the initial estimate, which was 187. And you think, okay, great, 79,000 additional jobs that we didn't know we had in July, except the BLS did not revise private payrolls in July higher by that much or higher at all. When you look at the private payrolls in July, they actually reduced them by 10,000. So what the BLS is saying for July is that suddenly we got about 90,000 government jobs that we didn't think that we had before. Maybe we should have shut down the government earlier. And the same thing happened in August, though to a lesser extent. The initial August estimate was 187, and rather than revise it lower as they had previously, they revised it higher to 227, so adding an additional 40,000 jobs gained for last month. But in the month of August, private payrolls were actually reduced reduced by 2,000 more. So again, in August, we have more government jobs. It's not as if the private economy was doing one thing and the BLS came along and said the private economy just picked up substantially. Instead, we have the private numbers looking just like they were before, except for the middle finger in the month of September because we got a middle finger in the private number too. That was, what, 236, 263 which was still the best since January. 
for all the trouble that the, the establishment survey, the CES numbers are giving us, the household survey might be back into the category of the better one to watch. That has been entirely too consistent over the last four, five, maybe even six months here, which is important because the last six months, everything that's when everything has really been happening. The last three months in particular, as we'll see in just a minute. The household survey, nowhere near the establishment survey in the month of September. The household survey was just plus 86. But if you go back and take a, look, a little bit wider look at the uh, household survey employment numbers, you got plus 86 in September, plus 222 in August, plus 268 in July, plus 273 in June, minus 310 in May, plus 139 in April. And over that six month period, you average the high degree of variation out and what do you get? You get only 113,000 per month, which that sounds a lot more consistent with all the other economic data, including the slowdown that we see developing through the summer. And we do see that. We see that and then some in the full-time job category of the household survey. Full-time jobs have been down three months in a row. We've got minus 22,000 in September, so much for a middle finger. That's a real middle finger there. Minus 85 in August, minus 585 in July, so much for that one. Plus 382 in June, minus 23 in May, plus 161 in April. And over that six month period, it's actually down by 172,000. So we're averaging a net of minus 29,000 full-time jobs over the last six months. And in the last three months, again, consistent with the slowdown in nominal incomes that we've talked about before, the BEA numbers, slowdown, the contraction in real incomes, rising oil prices, all that. The last three months, according to the BLS numbers, full-time jobs are down a whopping 692,000 during the summertime. So that's July, August, September, minus 692,000. That it was only partially made up by part-time jobs. Over the last six months, part-time jobs were plus 151, that's September, plus 32 in August, plus 972 in July, minus 262 in June, minus 220 in uh, May, and minus 84 in April. So you can see this is why people like the establishment survey, because at least it appears to be less volatile. But over the last six months, smoothing out these variations, what you get is 589,000 increase in, in part-time jobs for an average of just plus 98. That doesn't add up to the household number. We got plus 98 on part-time and minus 29 on full-time. That gets you into a whole lot of economic trouble, even if the headline household survey is averaging out 113. And they're nowhere near where the establishment survey has been, especially over the last couple months. So the household survey is sending off tremendously weak signals saying that the labor market, like the income numbers, is becoming increasingly troubling, not less troubling over the last couple months. Again, that's consistent with a whole bunch of other data where the BLS Establishment Survey, who knows where that's coming from. The hours index, that goes back to the CES numbers, not the CPS numbers. The hours index at least was positive for the second straight month. But over the last six months, hours are up. This is the total amount of hours worked, a seasonally adjusted 0.8%. So not great there. Not really a change from the first half of this year. The average weekly number was 34.4 for the second month in a row. Week hours, 
despite the headline payroll gains, you're not getting a big expansion in the average work week because there's not a lot of work going on. And remember, just to be clear, these numbers are the, from CES, whereas the full-time jobs numbers, which indicate a much more severe reduction in jobs, that's, the, that's the, the population survey, the household survey stuff. Earnings, which is maybe the big one that a lot of people have been focused on because that's what the Fed says that they're focused on because they still believe in this Phillips curve stuff, this Phillips curve nonsense that if their labor market's red hot and companies have to compete for workers, that's going to make wages more expensive. And if wages are more expensive, then companies are going to pass on those costs to consumers. And lo and behold, consumer prices go up. And that's, according to their view, inflation. That's not inflation. But according to their view, inflation comes from a wage price spiral. Well, at least according to the wage data, forget the middle finger from the establishment survey, the wage data anyway puts to rest any notion of a red-hot labor market, which is in danger of becoming a wage price spiral. The weekly earnings increased by just 0.2% for the second straight month. That was following a 0.4% increase in July. So weekly earnings are slowing down substantially, considerably. On a six-month basis, weekly earnings are up just 1.6%, which is a little bit faster than July's 1.4%, but... That would July was the lowest since February 2021. So on a six-month basis coming down. And year over year, weekly earnings in September were up just 3.73%, which, and I checked this a couple times, that's the lowest annual rate for weekly earnings going back to March of 2020. So the slowest weekly earnings number in the entire supply shock post-pandemic uh, economy. Not only have hours worked been weak, we also see a dramatic slowdown in hourly wages too. The average hourly earning was 0.2%. That's how much it gained in the month of September. That Again, same as in, in August, 0.2%. And just like weekly earnings, hourly earnings were up 0.4% in July. On a six-month basis though, hourly earnings, the average hourly earning, was up only 1.9%, which was the lowest since February 2021. Again, the, the entire supply shock cycle. And year over year, hourly earnings were up 4.34%, which was the lowest since May 2021. So according to earnings, both hourly and weekly, the economy, the labor market, no danger of a wage price spiral. It is actually slowing down. Again, consistent with what we're seeing in incomes. So there are parts of the labor market report that are less shocking, or maybe they're more shocking because they actually corroborate some of the more concerning numbers that we see outside of the headline payroll report that everyone focuses in on. So while the BLS is giving a major middle finger in September, just like they did in May, just like they did in January, we look at these underlying statistics at what the trend might be moving forward, and it continues to move in the same direction, which is slowing, slowing, and slowing. And we can see that too, one final piece here. That's the, uh, the industry breakdown, the payrolls by industry. Temporary jobs actually fell again in the month of September, which is no surprise. Temp jobs have been falling all year. They've been falling for the last couple years as companies cut back on their costs. They're not passing them along to customers. They're starting to really manage them, their costs. But the, the, the wider category, professional business services, which is a huge chunk of jobs through the economy, that one was up only 21,000 in September after rising 11,000. These are revised numbers in August. They had shrunk by 29,000 in July, down 1,000 in June, 
But before we got to June, this summer slowdown, professional business services had been weak and rising about 45 to 46, 47, 48,000 up until that point. So we've we've ratcheted down in a key cyclical industry like professional business services. And another one, transportation and warehousing, the goods economy. That one, that one actually increased by 8,600 8, jobs in the month of September. That was after falling, however, by 19,000 in August, falling by almost 7,000 in July, down 19,000 in June, and then plus 18,000 in May. So the cyclical industries, they don't look any better than the hours numbers or the, hour, or the weekly earnings numbers, the earnings, the hours, the headline. Household survey, not establishment survey, and in particular, full-time work, which continues to contract at a substantial pace. So the household survey looks at the economy one way, especially the full-time jobs looking at the economy one way. The establishment survey for the month of September, completely different. But like I said from the beginning here, this is not unusual. It happens every once in a while. In fact, every five or six months or so, it seems like the BLS, the government gets up, gets to, gets to deciding that it just wants to give us the middle finger for some reason. Statistical processes, making up for weakness over the last, trying desperately to smooth out these series because that's what the establishment really survey really wants to do. So we have weak months and it wants to go back higher. So it gives us every once, every once in a while a bigger month than anyone is expecting, just so that the overall trend can look a little bit straighter. But when we get down to the actual numbers, the labor market situation, it's not looking good. If you want to take a look at some of the other employment statistics and what they're actually saying about the labor market, check out the video link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers and our Eurodollar University members. And until next time, take care.